I just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Michelle. And I'm Kirsten. And um, we're doing true crime. I feel like we need some spooky background music. Dun, 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 dun. How is that spooky? Oh, that's Harry Potter right now. I was about to say, I love how that was the first <laughs> thing you thought of because the first thing I thought of was like Nightmare Before Christmas. This is Halloween. Yeah, that's spooky. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter can be spooky. I love Harry Potter though. Honestly, I'm a true stan now. Ever since I've listened to the books, mm-hmm. I'm very much a Harry Potter stan now. I need to um read the next book. I'm on book two. I've listened to I think the first three so far. So my favorite also, favorite favorite. Also, R.I.P. to Hagrid, bro. Robbie Coltrane. No! It's so sad. And all the bro. memes of him, like saying like. Even though I will be gone, Hagrid will Hagrid live on. And I'm like, oh my god. Or the, okay, the pictures of when Harry Potter's like, Hogwarts would be nothing without you ever. I know. Uh, it makes so me so sad, sad dude. Oh, god. But anyway, so, um, yes, the second book is on my TBR for this month. Bet. Um, also, my favorite, 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 favorite movie mm-hmm. of all of them mm-hmm. is Prisoner of Azkaban. It's a pretty good one. Used to be um goblet of fire mm-hmm. but watching prisoner of azkaban when they like um use the time turner and stuff my absolute favorite love it it is so satisfying it makes me so happy <laughs> i cannot wait to read that book <laughs> okay let's get into the case that was a little bit of lighthearted. harry before... potter to really really sad yeah so this week i'm covering martha moxley okay and she basically had no background. I couldn't find a whole lot of background on her because she was a minor. Okay. So, the only thing I, I really know about her is that she was born on August 16th of 1960. Okay. <clears throat> so, she was living in Greenwich, Connecticut at the time. Um, that's Greenwich. Oh. Well, my bad. I'm I don't f- live in Connecticut. How am er, I supposed er, to know? Wait. Wait. I'm trying to think. Is that how they say it in Connecticut? Greenwich? Greenwich? I don't know. I, it's not Greenwich. Connecticut people. Yeah. How do you say that? I know, like, in different states. Sorry, Connecticut. Like, connect, Connecticut. <laughs> but I know okay, in different I states know. they pronounce their cities I know. differently. Okay. For the word. Hold on. I don't want to be canceled because we call it Greenwich. It is spelled like... Greenwich, but it's called Greenwich. Okay. So it that's has no E sound and no W sound. Greenwich. Okay. Greenwich. My bad, Connecticut okay. people. But we, we, at least we looked it up and corrected ourselves. True. I'm from Indiana, so I don't know. <laughs> we would literally say Greenwich. That's yeah. How we would say it. That's how we would say it. We Greenwich. have some... 
dumb sounding towns around here yeah like shelbyville Shelbyville. that's like one of the easiest things to pronounce shelby gary literally gary (laughs) indy well indianapolis but we call it indy here yeah um what's another one bloomington bloomington (laughs) right (laughs) and anywhere south if you live like in northern indiana i feel anywhere south you're like southern indiana you don't even say a town you just say southern indiana that's it (laughs) like you don't know anything down there you just say southern indiana like like from indy up that's where like everything's at yeah anything south like the only town i know (laughs) in southern indiana that i can think of is bloomington is that south yeah i thought it was north Uh uh-uh oh i'm thinking of fort wayne (laughs) (laughs) okay i've lived here my whole dang life and i have no idea anything that's another main one that people know fort wayne indianapolis like that's pretty much it greenfield and greenwood yeah they are not the same thing no (laughs) totally different um yeah anyways so greenwich connecticut Mm -hmm is where she was living at this time okay um on october 30th of 1975 martha moxley left with friends to participate in a mischief night that doesn't sound good it's close to halloween so of course of course so this is when they would like ding dong ditch pull pranks mm-hmm. toilet papers people's houses like all the things all the things that you used to do back in the 60s mm-hmm when you didn't have ring doorbells and you wouldn't get caught yeah <laughs> so According to her friends, Martha began flirting with and eventually kissed a boy, and his name was Thomas Skackle. Okay. And he was the older brother of Michael Skackle. Okay. So, Martha was last seen, I just realized I said so, like, the last three times before starting a sentence. So, so, It's okay. I'm going to try not to do that. Martha was last seen, quote, falling together behind the fence with Thomas. Oh, they were falling together. Mm Mm-hmm. They were behind... Or they were near the pool in Thomas's backyard at around 9.30 p.m. Okay. The next day, Martha's body was found beneath a tree in her backyard. Oh, it went, it went downhill fast. So, the last place she was seen was in the other backyard, and now she's dead under her tree. Okay, so somebody put her... Well... We don't know. Okay. So, her pants and underwear were pulled down. Okay. But it... It had not been proved, and it was never proved that she had been sexually assaulted or not. Okay. People had saw her with Thomas the night before, so it doesn't necessarily mean she was sexually assaulted. They could have. They could have done things before together. Whatever happened, right, to make her die. Mm-hmm. Um, pieces of a broken six iron golf club were found near her body. That's not a good sign. And an autopsy indicated that she had been both bludgeoned and stabbed with the club. Ooh. And the club was traced back to the Skackle residence. It's not looking good for Tommy boy. No. And Thomas was the last person to be seen with Martha. Right. He became the prime suspect, obviously. As he should. But his father forbade access to his school and his mental health records. Which, I don't know how you can forbade access to those things if you're the police. Can't you get, like, a warrant and be like, yep, warrant served, give me the stuff? Literally. If you have, if you have reason to, I'm pretty sure you can. But they're also minors, so it's kind of hard to, like... And this was, like... The 60s, so... Kenneth Littleton, 
who had started working as a live-in tutor for the Skakel family only hours before the murder, also became a prime suspect. Okay. There was nothing ever really said about him again. Oh. I don't think in this case. So, Kenneth, I think, is clean. It might have just been a coincidence. Yeah. He was just there. I think they were just like, all right, we got to make you a suspect, obviously. Yeah. So, over the years, both Thomas and Michael significantly changed their alibis for the night of Martha's murder. We already know that's not a good sign. Exactly. You can't keep your story straight. Mm, Probably lying. Yeah. Michael claimed that he had been window peeping and masturbating in a tree beside the Moxley property from 11.30 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. What the fuck? That's a creep. He's a creep. So let's just... Thomas and Martha were saw in his backyard at 9.30. He only has an alibi for 11.30 to 12.30. There's still two hours. And there also isn't an alibi because he was by himself. Right. So nobody can prove that he was actually there. Right. Regardless, terrible. That's disgusting. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. So two former students from Alan High School, a treatment center for troubled youth, testified that they heard Michael confess to killing Martha with the golf club. Okay, that's not good. One of the former students, Gregory Gregory Coleman, testified that Michael was given special privileges and had bragged, I'm going to get away with murder. I'm a Kennedy. Is that right? Yeah, apparently. When William Kennedy Smith was tried and acquitted for rape in 1991, a rumor surfaced that he had been present at the Skackle House on the night of Martha's death. Mm-hmm. With the clear insinuation that he might have been involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, although this proved to be unfounded, it did result in a new investigation of the then cold case. Okay. Because they did let the case go cold for a while. Okay. They didn't really have a lot of information. They couldn't really pin it on anyone. So, it went cold for a while. Okay. And now, it's reopened again. So, the Sutton Associates, a private detective agency hired by Rushton Skakel in 1991, conducted its own investigation of the killing. Okay. The Sutton report, later leaked to the media, revealed that both Thomas and Michael altered their stories about their activities the night of the murder. Mm-hmm. And in June of 1998, a rarely invoked one-man grand jury was convened to review the evidence of the case. After an 18-month investigation, it was decided there was enough evidence to charge Michael with the murder. Okay. I feel like it's not that simple. No. There's really not a lot of background information on this. It's just, like, very much, like, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, and that's it. No deeds. Okay. So, on January 9th of 2000, an arrest warrant was issued for an unnamed juvenile for Martha's murder. Okay. Skackle surrendered to authorities later that day, and he was released shortly thereafter on a half a million dollar bail. Dang. Yeah. So on March 14th, Michael was arraigned for murder in a juvenile court since he was 15 years old at the time of Martha's Martha's murder. And on January 31st, 2001, a judge ruled that Michael would be tried as an adult. His trial began on May 7th of 2002 in Norwalk, Connecticut. He was represented by attorney Michael Sherman, so another Michael. Okay. 
his alibi was that at the time of the murder, he was at his cousin's house. Okay. And during the trial, the jury heard part of the taped book book proposal, which included Michael speaking about masturbating in a tree on the night of the murder. Possibly Mm. the same tree where Martha's body was found Mm -hmm. the next morning. So in the book proposal, Michael did not admit to committing the murder, though. Prosecutors took words from the book proposal and overlaid them on graphic images of Martha's dead body in a computerized multimedia presentation shown to jurors during closing arguments. In the audio tape, Michael said that he was afraid he might have been seen the previous night jerking off and had panicked. Though the jury heard the whole tape during the closing arguments, the prosecutor did not play the portion of the audio tape in which Michael had said jerking off, giving the impression that he was confessing to the murder. Mm. On June 7th of 2002, Michael was found guilty of murdering Martha and was sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. Okay. He was assigned to the Garner Correctional Institution in Newtown, Connecticut. The prosecutor's use of multimedia presentation during closing arguments was included in Michael's initial appeal. In their brief responding to that appeal, the prosecution argued, The state engaged in appropriate and effective advocacy by using trial exhibits to highlight certain evidence and inferences, just as the state should not be deprived of its most valuable evidence unless there is a compelling reason to do so, the state should not be prohibited from making its best arguments. The state's use of audio and photographic exhibits during argument was a matter of effective advocacy. The state did not, as defendant claims, distort the evidence in any respect. By placing certain exhibits next to the defendant's words, or by displaying two related exhibits simultaneously, the state was making explicit the inferences it was asking the jury to draw. This is the job of an advocate. So basically they're just saying, like, we showed the pictures, we're not doing anything wrong, we're just trying to advocate for the victim, mm-hmm. and that's our job. That's it, yeah. <clears throat> So, Michael appealed based on the charge of incompetence against his attorney, Michael Sherman. Oh. Yeah. And then in April 2013, there was a hearing in Vernon, Connecticut. Michael testified that Sherman, rather than focusing on his defense, instead had basked in celebrity. Mm, Only to to get the attention. Yeah. So, then Michael also claimed that... His attorney was more interesting in collecting fees to settle his own financial problems Mm -hmm. than in defending him. He wanted to draw it out as much as possible. Right. And his lawyer testified in defense of his actions while also continuing to maintain his belief that Michael was innocent. Mm -hmm. He didn't murder Martha. Mm -hmm. So, Michael had been imprisoned at the McDougall Walker Correctional Institution in Suffield, Connecticut. And on January 24th of 2012, Michael and his attorneys argued for a sentence reduction, claiming that he should have been tried in juvenile court. So they're trying to bring Mm. that back up now. Yeah. Michael lost his bid for a sentence reduction. He didn't get it. His first parole hearing was held on October 24th of 2012, and he was denied. And he continued to deny the killing. His next parole hearing was scheduled for October 2017. But, 
on October 23rd of 2013, Michael was granted a new trial by Connecticut Judge Thomas A. Bishop, who ruled that Michael Sherman, Michael's lawyer, failed to adequately represent him when he was convicted in 2002. Okay. Prosecutors stated they would appeal the decision, and John Moxley, Martha's brother, said that the ruling took his family by surprise and that the family hoped the state would win on appeal. In his ruling, Bishop wrote that defense in such a case requires attention to detail, an energetic investigation, and a coherent plan of defense, stating, quote, Trial counsel's failures in each of these areas of representation were significant and ultimately fatal to a constitutionally adequate defense. As a consequence of trial counsel's failures, as stated, the state procured, procured a judgment of conviction that lacks reliability. So they just feel like his lawyer did not do a good job. Mm-hmm. So on November 21st of 2013, Michael was released on a $1.2 million bond along with other conditions. He was to be monitored with a GPS device. He could have no contact with Martha's family. He must periodically check in over the phone. It would not be allowed to leave the state of Connecticut unless granted permission, although he had since relocated to Westchester County, New York. Hmm. Okay. In 2016, December of 2016, sorry, the Connecticut Supreme Court reinstated Michael's murder conviction with a four to three majority decision, writing that his conviction was a result of overwhelming evidence presented by prosecutors and that his legal representation had been adequate. Mm, okay. To now jump in to January 2018, mm-hmm. prosecutors asked the Connecticut Supreme Court to revoke Michael's bail and to return him to prison to resume serving his sentence. However, on May 4th of the same year, the Connecticut Supreme Court vacated Michael's conviction and ordered a completely new trial. The court ruled that Sherman, Michael's lawyer, had rendered ineffective assistance when he failed to contact an alibi witness whose name had been provided by Michael and that, as a result, Michael was deprived of a fair trial. State prosecutors in Stanford had the power to call for a new trial against Michael, and on October 30th of 2020, Chief State's Attorney Richard Colangelo informed the Superior Court that Michael would not be retried. Hmm. So he is free. Interesting. Also, the murder was in 1960. There's really not a whole lot of evidence, so I feel like you can't convict someone without hard evidence. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing was that he, like, changed his story and, like, lied about his alibi. Yeah. Which is, as we know, not good. (laughs) Yeah. But I get what they're saying about, like, his lawyer not not giving him, like, a fair trial, Mm -hmm. basically. And and wanting wanting to do it. The limelight. Yeah. Yeah. Literally exactly what I was going to say, the Mm -hmm. limelight. Um, Because it was, like, a a famous case and he just wanted to be a part of it. Right. Which I think that's so dirty. I feel that. Yeah. That's stupid as hell. Yeah. That's interesting. So he's free. Yep. He's free. But he didn't necessarily kill her. No, he didn't necessarily kill her. I can't definitively say, like, oh, he killed her. Like, I really can't. There's not enough evidence for me. I don't know. It doesn't... I feel like if anybody, it would be Thomas. 
I mean, why didn't yeah. anybody check his alibi? Right. Why wasn't he, you know, brought up yeah. more? Because he was the one who was like dating her, right? Well, they weren't dating. Well, I think they were in that talking flirty stage. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like he should have been, you know, looked at a little more. Yeah. His brother was taking the fall for yeah, him. Yeah, literally. All right. Well. Well, see, even Thomas, though, didn't have enough information. It's just, oh, he was the last one seen with her. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know? Because it was from, literally from the 1960s. Yeah. That's it. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. But I thought I'd do a little bit of a short um, case today that's not as, like, oh my gosh, in your face, considering I just finished Sylvia Likens, and that one was very, very rough to get through. Yeah, that one was pretty hard i wanted to do something a little bit easier Mm -hmm. this time around not that it's any less or anything like that but this one just is not as um triggering profound sylvia likens Mm -hmm. i don't want to say it's not as profound because every murder is profound right i mean mean, they're all people murdered yeah yeah but just mean in a way like it's not as triggering yeah so if you guys haven't already go follow our socials and um yeah that's all we got. That's all, that's all we got. Anything? That's all she wrote. <laughs> See you in the next one. Bye.